everybody. Welcome to another episode of Like a Street Photography Collective. I'm Ricky, and today's guest is Jorg Stefan. So once again, thank you for taking the time out of your day, giving the listener something to listen to, and just having this great conversation we're about to have. I love having new guests from around the world. So please introduce yourself, where you're at, where you've been, what you do, anything you'd like the world to know. Okay, thanks very much, Ricky. Thanks for having me on your show. I really appreciate that. Uh, thanks very much for the conversation. I'm looking forward to that. Um, my name is Jörg Stefan. As you mentioned already, I'm living in the south of Germany, uh, very close to Munich. That's probably familiar to the most of you, of your listeners, uh, in the nice countryside of Bavaria. Um, that has got uh, advantages and disadvantages because it's a very small city with 70,000 people around, so not so easy to uh, find street photo um, yeah, uh, easy on, on, on the streets here. Um, heading to Munich from time to time, that makes life a little bit more easier. I'm in the middle of 50s. Uh, as a professional, I'm working with a yeah, German car company here in Munich, um, probably the most of you will know who it is. And um, in my spare time, since a couple of years, I'm doing street photography um, with um, more and more intensity because that's really something which brings me in the flow and gives me some um, good times, uh, meeting people, having good good times uh, on the weekend um, predominantly. But uh, that's what I'm doing uh, more and more. And to be honest, also preparing for a life after uh, work. Um, to have more time, even more time. Shooting. So do you plan on becoming a full-time, full-time photographer after you're done with your job? I would love to. Uh, certainly, it's, uh, uh, I will spend very much more time uh, with, with doing so, uh, but still sticking to street photography and having hopefully more opportunities to travel um, to other cities and um, not only sticking to the weekend where um, I'm usually doing my street photos today to adjust to the time constraints with the job, um, which makes it a little bit uh, more difficult. But um, after work, that should be easier to, to approach and travel and uh, come around. Yeah. All right. That's nice. So you said you're living in Germany. That is awesome. I visited there about four times when I lived in England. I absolutely loved it. I was very, very careful about street photography because all of my friends that I had in England that's traveled to Germany, they told me the laws. So we're going to get into that a little later. But before I do, you said car company. I'm going to guess once because there's very few. BMW. That's correct. Yes. One for one. All right. Give myself some crickets. All right. Awesome. I do love BMWs. I had one, two, two of them, and great machines. Love them. M3, absolutely, my favorite. Yeah. Anyways, it's a photography. Going back to Germany. Please tell us how crazy those German photography laws are, because I read about them. Uh, I guess they are um, partly a myth as well, um, because uh, to be honest. Um, Everybody's talking about that, but it's a very, let's say, German discussion. Mm-hmm. I usually hear that uh, about the legal side of the street photography, only in Germany and none other countries uh, where I've been to. 
Um, but to be honest, it's not as bad as it uh, is looking on, on the fir- in the first place. Um, because uh, there is a law, yeah, right. But um, there's another law which is even um, more more interesting for us because it's the freedom of art, and uh, the freedom of art is uh, always something you can uh, rely on um, if you do street photography. And there are no really uh, court cur- cur- court cases, which I know it's maybe just one prominent one, which was really an extreme one. And um, in my daily life, to be honest, uh, on the street, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah? So I don't have any uh, conversations with people about that. Um, I got asked from time to time, but it's not really an issue. So uh, I'm doing this now for about six, seven years here, also on the German street. And uh, I've got a lot of um, connections also to other street photographers here in Germany. Um, and they all don't bother, to be honest. And uh, it's it's not really an issue. Uh, a lot of people are talking about it. And if you have conversations with people who are not in the um, photo scene or doing street photography or I'm not uh, knowing anything about it, they, of course, often ask you, is that allowed? Can you do that? Um, but to be, honest, to be honest, if you have your own, let's say, um, Frame where you where you walk, work in. So, I, for instance, I don't uh, photograph, uh, do any photos of, of, of small children or of any handicaps or um, homeless people. That's something I would never do. Um, doesn't matter which city on the world. Um, and um, if you if you keep that in mind, uh, you won't have any issues. Okay. All right. So I've had some guests before in the past. One is Hirt. And he kind of shoots in like Belgium area, and he said Brussels, the people are very confrontational when it comes to street photography. And another kind of a friend, I would say more of an acquaintance, they said Spain, the photography laws are kind of strict, and the people are very also confrontational and defensive when you yeah. take their photos. So I guess it just depends. I guess. Yeah, it depends. it depends. It depends also how you do it and how you approach uh, people and how you approach um, what what's your approach for doing street photography. I mean, I was traveling around Europe here in many different cities from mm-hmm. Scandinavia down to Italy to Spain, London, Paris. Uh, it was never a single day an issue. I never had any problems, any any um, yeah conversations with people, not one. Uh, due to the fact that I'm. Really, I'm I'm not seen in the crowd. Yeah, usually I'm I'm one meter ninety tall, so not the small guy, but um, I'm not seen in the crowd because I also use a small camera, of course, and uh, um, it's loud, it's, it's silent. Yeah, um, I don't do anything. I'm not approaching people very aggressive. Um, they won't even see me, or yeah, they can ignore me, or they probably I'm a tourist or whatever. So. It um, never, ever was a problem in none of the cities on the world where I was doing uh, street photography. Yeah. So depending how you approach the people. I, I, I think so as well. Because I, like I said, I visited Germany a few times and I was in Hamburg, Frankfurt. I really, really enjoyed street photography in Frankfurt and... Oh, where was it? I forgot. But it's kind of south. It wasn't Munich. 
But went there for Oktoberfest and Oh, that's probably Munich. <laughs> actually, yeah, it was Munich. Oh, it was like a four hour drive from where I was at. And you were right. Like I was I guess because I, I was like I looked very touristy and I wasn't German looking. Like most people didn't mind and I was I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Frankfurt was so much fun. Lots of people. This was a long time before COVID. Amazing, amazing time. Hope I can get a chance to go back. Next time, if I do, I want to go to uh, Wetzlar. Wetzlar. Wetzlar, yeah. yeah. That's uh, the hometown of Leica, right. Yeah. But you also need to visit Berlin, of course. I mean, it's a fabulous city to do the street. That's uh, one of the favorite spots. But also, as you mentioned, Frankfurt is pretty good. Hamburg, Munich, all the bigger, bigger ones. Um, they're usually really good for doing street photography. And uh, maybe also to mention that before we come back to Wetzlar, um, we have a very strong street photography community also in Germany. So very mm. uh, interactive. Um, we also will have a meeting uh, this year in four weeks' time to come in Nuremberg, which is a city very close to my hometown. And um, that will be a meeting of more than 100, 120 uh, people um, doing street photography out of um, out of Germany, which is great. We, we're doing this now the third uh, year in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, first was Frankfurt, um, second one was Hanover, and now Nuremberg is um, taking care of it. It's called Meet and Street, and it's a fantastic um, opportunity to meet the people behind the accounts yeah, because we all had connected connections uh, via Instagram or other platforms. But once in a year, um, you can meet uh, physically, and yeah, that's that's brilliant. Uh, having conversations, exchange, doing some photos, having a good time, having a beer here and there, mm-hmm. and uh, that's really a great opportunity. So I'm looking forward to that coming uh, in four weeks' time and meeting a lot of friends now in the meanwhile in this uh, street photography scene um, where we where we connected, and it's growing and growing. I can say um, so. More and more people are on the hook, so to say, and um, doing the same thing in different styles, different ways, and uh, the exchange about it is uh, the interesting stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Will Sam Lintaro be there? Obviously, everyone who watches YouTube knows Sam Lintaro because he travels back and forth between Japan and Germany. He will be. Oh, he will be there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you tell him yeah. I said hello, and... I know he shoots with Leica sometimes. I should reach out and, and, and try to invite him to the show. I had, he's one person I have. And he's traveling between Hamburg and Tokyo, yeah. right? It'd be cool if he's in Tokyo yeah. the same time we are. We can get together. Yeah. Yes. But Fascinating. I did, a good guy, and I will meet him in Nuremberg. Yeah, right. Perfect. I did shoot in Berlin. I remember how cold it was. And it was when I got my first Leica. It was an M3. I was so excited to use it. It was New Year's. It was so cold. <laughs> it was snow. My hands were frozen. Great, great, great time. Great city. I would have liked to have explored Berlin a little more. I was there for like one day and a half. So one full mm-hmm. day and then a half day the following. And then I left to Hamburg and I was there for one day and then also after that went to Amsterdam. So it was a little road trip, had right. fun. It was all street photography based. It was it was yeah, great time. 
I mean, that's the good thing about Europe, um, that distances are not so far, so you can travel easily, as you mentioned, to Amsterdam or Hamburg or London, Paris, Paris whatever. Um, and that's a good thing. And uh, as I said in the beginning, that's something I will do uh, more intensively in the in the future than today. But um, also last year, there was the opportunity after COVID um, to travel into London or to Paris um, and also doing some workshops there. And that was really good. Yeah. So um, that's that's the advantage of, of Europe, being, being there very quickly. Yes, yes. So I hope I get a chance to go back to Europe soon. That would be a great time. I would like to do a lot more exploring and a lot of street photography. But if you come, if you come one time to Munich, uh, let me know. You know, we can meet. Happy yeah, to yeah. Do so. definitely. I love traveling. Unfortunately, right now it's kind of difficult for me to travel to Europe for for work, only because it's really busy, and there's a lot of stuff I got to take care of here and between the U.S. But I do plan on making it back to Europe at one, at one point. Why don't you tell us when you started photography and when you did begin, what kind of photos were you taking? Hmm. Good question. Uh, I was actually starting with uh, taking photos in my, I don't know, with, with 11 or 12 years, really getting a very small, simple camera, doing, that's probably most of us, uh, some photos of the family or some, I don't know, in the surrounding. And then it was growing and I had the camera in my hand for long time in the analog uh, times, uh, I must say, uh, doing travel photography or doing, I don't know, family stuff and um, all that. Um, with the digitalization, it was um, getting a different spin because I was more and more interested also in studio photography uh, and uh, where you really can set your light. And I was interested in yeah, taking, taking photos also um, beauty style or fashion style um, and and, and uh, doing that with a friend uh, was really good um, and uh, I was learning setting light there which was good in the studio because you really uh, need to know how you set your light how you guide the model also to take some really good photos and uh, getting yeah, getting a good result yeah, but uh, over time I must admit the effort um, finding the right model uh, taking care of the studio because I don't have my own one so I needed to rent one uh, all the time uh, that was time consuming not really satisfying over the time so I um, a couple of years ago six seven years ago um, I was quitting all that and doing no studio anymore but um, was uh, um, yeah, getting into what was obviously called street photography which without even knowing it yeah, I was taking my camera walking around the street taking pictures of architecture of people or whatever comes around and uh, over the time I was um, finding more and more books and Instagram accounts and websites where you obviously ah this is street photography and this is how it's called um, so I was really smoothly growing into it without knowing what I'm really doing but um, there was certainly one uh, book which really was uh, turning uh, this in a, in a really positive and intensive uh, learning path, I, I would say. Um, most of you will, will know it. It's Facing New York by Bruce Gilden. It's really um, something where I was kind of hooked immediately because I have never have seen something like that in yeah earlier because um, it was such a 
direct approach. And uh, I was uh, saying to me, yeah, that, that's interesting that this works and how would that work here and could that work and how could you do that? And I'm uh, not saying I'm in this path yet, but it's certainly something which was influencing me by uh, creating the interest and the focus on street photography. And, and so I was really looking around from there and different books, different um, photographers, uh, which are really well known to really get a better understanding of what it's all about and how many different approaches you can do to do street photography. Mm-hmm. And that was really influencing me um, also in the way that in the meanwhile, I'm only doing uh, street photography in black and white. I was starting with color, um, sometimes black and white, but in the, in the meanwhile, black and white only. And uh, yeah, for, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And uh, this is how I get got into it. And since, um, since uh, five, six years, I'm really doing this um, intensively and focusing on that uh, doing nothing else and not even not even do any travel photos when i'm traveling with the family because i always try to find a street and yeah. Uh, um yeah that's uh that's where the family has got to live with yeah i <clears throat> i know that struggle real well because i take my camera everywhere i go and every opportunity i get is a photography opportunity and it's so difficult because i want to take photos all the time. And if I'm traveling with my family, if I'm visiting someone, I'm not always giving my attention to them because I'm so focused on street photography. And it's just so amazing. I don't want to stop. I've never had any hobbies. Now it's more of a profession for me, kind of, sort of, part-time, only because most of my listeners know I'm in the military. But yeah, that's like, my passion right now and the more i do it the more i want to continue but you mentioned you exactly i mean that's i'm sorry go ahead that's exactly how it how it feels yeah i mean if you if you start it you can't stop anymore it's, it's kind of a fever yeah we really want to do more and more and more and getting better and better and uh, as you said um I'm, I'm using every single opportunity to do street photos or kind of a street photo style um, and if we're traveling with the family, yeah, my, my wife is doing the family photos, yeah. So, um, she's focusing on that and I'm doing something else. And also, uh, she's used now in the meanwhile that I'm turning left or right without any uh, notice or, and disappear or come back again and, uh, or we meet for a coffee two hours later or whatever. So it's a different way of traveling in the meanwhile, <laughs> but, um, she's accepting that. <laughs> I think, I think people, or the people I travel with just kind of now expect that, like you said, I'm going to be gone or I'll disappear for a moment. And like, where did he go? And But they'll know I'll be back because I'll see something. I need to take a picture. I either stop or I have to follow it or run into a direction where I'm waiting for something to happen that I've seen. And I got to get this photo. And then once I'm done, I go back. So it's like really short bursts of, I'll be back, but I don't got time to tell them, oh, wait for me. I'll be back. So they kind of expect it where, you know, we're together and I'm gone and then I'm back again. Exactly. That's, uh, that's how I'm doing it as well. Or they're back in the hotel. I'm leaving again because the light is so beautiful and you need to go out again. Um, So 
we, we, we can handle that. And uh, both are, are quite familiar now with the situations. And I won't be lost, but I come back again and we will meet. But um, it's kind of a getting in this flow and uh, you look differently in the city of course um, you, you watch people and you you look for different things than uh, you did in the in an earlier time as a tourist yeah where you look for i don't know any sightseeing uh, uh, spots but this is not interesting anymore in the meanwhile so looking for different things for interesting people or interesting faces uh, interesting situations um, completely different pictures which you take home then after a while. Yeah. Yes. So you started kind of telling me what you look for in the streets, but why don't you tell us your actual approach when you're in the streets making photos? And we got a little bit of what you look for, but can you give us a little more details about what you actually do and you notice when you're in the streets? Yeah. So as I said, I'm living in a very small city right now, uh, 70,000 people. So it's really a, a challenge to find the yeah, um, street um, street photo spots, uh, but I'm, I know the city very well, of course, and um, if this is getting boring, I'm traveling to Munich or to other cities in Germany uh, or Europe. Um, if I'm in the streets, um, I don't have any plan, to be honest. I'm just uh, starting to walk along the streets and see where I'm, where I'm getting around. Uh, usually what, what triggers me are either interesting characters which uh, I don't know they wear an interesting hat or sunglasses or they have bags with them or they carry something or whatever so I really in the first place I always try to get as close as possible to the individual uh, that's one thing but uh, this depends on my personal um, daily uh, let's say routine or daily mind I, I'm not always in the mood to do that so if I'm a little bit more shy, I'm trying to um, connect architectural, urban style with um, human elements, uh, which is then a little bit more, let's say, less uh, active, a little bit more passive. Um, but it depends on my mood, on my daily mood. Um, so I'm switching right now between what people probably would call urban, um, so architectural scenes or graphics with human elements, but also, um, as I said, uh, trying to get closer to individuals and, and yeah, get a get a catch. Um, as I said, always doing black and white. So I always uh, I'm interested also in very deep contrast, um, changing changing the light, looking for um, situations where I have a dark uh, negative space and also sunlight, things like that. Um, I like which is uh, very very positive here in, in this in my hometown because it's a very ancient uh, town where you have a lot of corners around where you get uh, a good light and they have shadow both and uh, really trying to, to do so but it's really depending on my daily mood uh, it's I, I can't say in the morning if I go this way or that way if I'm going more directly approaching people or doing a little bit more passive the let's say urban style it's really depending how I feel and what's happening on the street and what kind of people are I'm meeting. And then uh, usually after, I don't know, two, three, four hours, depending on how it works, mm-hmm. um, I usually go back home or grabbing coffee somewhere or whatever. Um, that's due to the size of the city as well. You can't do that the entire day. If you, if you travel 
to, I don't know, Paris I did last year or London last year. Then, of course, you start walking through the, through the city or uh, through the streets uh, in the morning at, I don't know, 8 o'clock, and you end the day at 8 o'clock because there's so lot to see and to do. And uh, you're, you're in this flow where you don't want to stop and... Uh, um, chasing uh, people here or looking for interesting situations. You can do this the entire day, um, but in the small city here, it's usually after two, three hours, it's done. Yeah, because you mm-hmm. met everybody, okay. you know everybody, and Sorry. you meet every corner, and they know you, and then you better go home because it won't get better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they saw you three times. You came around here already. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So. Just like you mentioned, starting I when I when I go out traveling for street photography, whether it was in London or now Tokyo, since I'm in the Asian region, I always start so early, six a.m. and I like to start that early because I don't want to miss a moment. Fear of missing out, fear of missing out my moment that I want, and I start early. I wake up five, depending on how I'm feeling. And how much I walked the previous day, if I did go out, I'll probably leave 6, 6.30, no later than 7. Because I want to kind of capture the entire day from the beginning. So empty streets, right. the people waking up, starting work, or people that are already been working. And I like to just go. And I don't stop. I'll probably finish around 10, 11 at night. And I'll continue taking photos until I reach my hotel and go to sleep and prepare for the next day. So I'm all I'm out like all day, all day. Right, um, due to the fact that I'm usually doing that on the weekend, it's mm-hmm. hard to do so. Um, but uh, also depending on where I am, as I said, in the in the in the larger city, that's easier to do so. In the small city where I live currently. Yeah, hard to walk the entire day because you then turn in circles and you did this uh, 10 times uh, crossing the same crossroads or crossing the same street. Um, and I'm more the, let's say, I, I need to walk. I can't stop and, and work on the scene for, for a long time. Um, that's something which bores me a little bit. I'm, I'm more, I need to walk and see different situations, walk against the crowd and really get into situations where something is happening. So um, uh, waiting on the scene, I'm not the most patient guy here, so I really want to get yeah, some progress, uh, see the city, walk walk in, into the next street and there's the next street and the next street and something to see and to yeah, to the next corner is always the best. Yeah? You, you need to turn the next corner because I can't. I can't wait until something is happening. That's uh, not my approach. No. So, just like you said, the next corner is the best one. Is kind of I forgot who said it, but believe it was uh, names for Ralph Gibson. I believe it was him. I probably wrong, but my next photo is the best one. So, the next street's the best one as well. Uh, oh man, I just forgot. Trying to think of Ralph Gibson, I forgot what I was going to ask you before, but we'll just go with this one. You mentioned workshops earlier. Do you take workshops often? 
Um, I did last year and I will do this year because I experienced that if you do the right one with the right people, it really gives you um, a, a, a new spin or a new idea of how to approach this read. And to be honest, the, the, the highlight of last year and it also will be the highlight of this year is a workshop with Phil Penman uh, from New York uh, last year in Paris. Because uh, that was such a big difference to my life and to my uh, photography uh, skills, um, working with such a professional, um, that I was really at my at my limits. I must say, yeah? the the not only physically because he's really walking from SSS in the morning six o'clock until until the night, um, but also from the professional attitude from the from the focus of um, getting a really good picture and really the the technical skills how he approaches um, um, let's say a tourist spot without putting the I don't know in Paris Eiffel Tower in the center but really getting this to a background which is uh, not the dominant uh, part of the photo uh, that was really interesting uh, to learn about and uh, I really following for him for quite a while uh, because I like his style, also black and white. Um, I mean, New York is not Lanswood where I live currently. Um, it's a big difference, of course. Um, but I, I was so impressed by this uh, very professional attitude and style of work um, that it was, as I said, really at my at my limits. Uh, but also learned a lot and really not only from technical skills, but from a, as I said attitude and and how he sees um, and how he frames uh, photos um, and what he perceives as a good one or not a good one was really something which challenged me and um, it was really so cool that I decided to do that uh, this year again because uh, Phil will come to your current hometown to Tokyo and um, I immediately decided last year already in September if he will be in Tokyo one day, that's something which is really uh, on my dreams uh, to to go there. Um, and I will do the workshop with him uh, this year in November as well. And so that, that was really something which was not only eye-opening, it was so completely changing my way of working um, and my, my approach here that um, I was really... Uh, deeply impressed by by this character, by this uh, personality. He's a really great guy, and um, but also by his absolutely professionalism, which I haven't seen or experienced before. Yeah. So that was certainly the highlight last year, and will be the highlight this year. Perfect. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate you being one of the class attendees, and I'm looking forward to this as well. There's a lot of planning. Going into this, I can tell you firsthand. I can't give you all the details. I bet. But I will tell you now, working with Phil Penman is very professional, and we're trying to get this as close to perfect as possible. And I'm going to go ahead and just give shameless plugs because I am hosting this. He is working with me together to provide you and other attendees, you know, this workshop. So... Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And the reason why I ask, so I kind of knew before we began recording that you were taking the workshop, but that wasn't the intent of why I asked. I've been receiving a lot of questions about 
workshops in general from a lot of people, some friends and some people that I've just began speaking to because they listen to the podcast and they reach out and they always hear me and other people, my guests that I speak to, they always, always highly recommend workshops, you know, save your money on the gear. You can get that later. Take a workshop with someone in your field that you really enjoy for you would be Phil Penman. And it is so, like you said, so beneficial. And I'm glad you said that and how it changes the whole aspect and, and how people take different images after the workshop than they did before. Yeah, as you mentioned, it's not about the gear and I'm really not the technic guy. Uh, I'm looking more into getting some, let's say, uh, insights and uh, triggers also how to approach a photo or different styles, also using different styles, different uh, role models in the, in, in the scene. And Phil certainly was one of the uh, top candidates here for doing the workshop. Because as you said, uh, spending a lot of money into a workshop is one thing. Spending a lot of money into another lens or another camera, that's the other side. But uh, I don't want to do that. Um, So it's more interesting to meet real professionals. And it has to be a real professional Mm -hmm. or a really well-known a uh, photographer who has got a certain size of an account in, in Instagram or wherever you will get the um, get the contact. Um, and this really brings uh, big value because uh, it completely changes uh, the view. It gives you also the opportunity to meet other people in a smaller group, which is beneficial. And that's also I experienced over the last, let's say, one, two years after covid that we are desperately need to exchange again each other and really the social contact with other people doing doing the same thing, even if they do it completely differently. It's so interesting to um, talk to these people, to have a common goal, to share a workshop experience or whatever. It's completely different. And I really was looking for this, let's say, off um yeah, not, not online, but offline experiences uh, behind Instagram, behind Facebook, behind whatever platform. Uh, and that gives you a, a completely different um, experience and um, yeah, also brings value. You know? um, I mean, uh, it's really about the social, social contacts again. And that's uh, what I did with the workshops, but also, as I mentioned in the beginning, with the, with the community, which is growing here in Germany, to really meet the people behind the account, uh, yeah, and, and this influences and gives you um, other views or other ideas or other thoughts which you can incorporate into your own style or your own way of working. Mm-hmm. Okay, appreciate that. I do want to know, what would you say was, I'm trying to think of the word I want to use here. The biggest takeaway, what was the most beneficial thing you learned from the Phil Penman workshop in Paris? Oh, hard to say. Difficult question. Uh, there are so many things, but uh, I guess what really impressed me deeply and where I can learn a lot from is this, I, I, I call it attitude, this, this professionalism of always staying focused the entire day on just what you really do and what you love and to do nothing else and really changing for the perfect picture and for this absolutely 
yeah, I must say, professionalism of her um, former paparazzi uh, uh, guy. Yeah, I mean that that you really can feel that in his what he's doing, how he's talking, what he how is he behaving in a very professional and nice uh, manner. Uh, that's something I really appreciated, and that's why I decided for doing that. Uh, a second time, but there are also others uh, which uh, where where you can do so. Um, but if you're asking me for the workshop last year in Paris, that's probably something I would uh, take with me. Um, uh, getting even more focused on what I'm doing, and uh, yeah, let's say not taking care of any technical questions in terms of shutter speed or, or or aperture or whatever. But but leaving that behind and. Getting more, let's say, emotional into the into the picture. Let let it flow. And uh, I mean, I'm usually uh, from from my from my background uh, more um, in in this analytical jobs which I had and have. And and photography is more the emotional part of life where I really uh, need to grow also and need to let it flow. And this is something where you also can learn from him uh, in doing that. And not not taking care about any. I don't know, technical questions of the photo. It's just not necessary. Yeah. yeah. Focus on the streets, focus on your camera, focus on the photo. Know the picture you... Focus on the interaction with the human being also. Yeah. That too. Yeah. So definitely looking forward to this. I can't wait. And I know it's going to be a lot of fun. Photography, Phil Penman, Tokyo. What more can we ask for? So... Thanks for preparing, Rick. Uh, that's uh, really that's something I'm looking forward to the entire year. It will be the highlight, as mm-hmm. I said. <laughs> well, really, we got to thank Phil Penman. He is extremely busy. Me and him kind of developed a really good friendship, professional-wise. And I know how much work he's doing. He's putting it in. Yeah. So I will say for everybody who thinks it's easy to be, you know, a full-time photographer, and especially in Phil Penman's, he is constantly moving from from place to place to place, and you can tell he really Absolutely. enjoys it. And you know, he he loves teaching. So, big shout out to Phil Penman, and can't wait to see you in Tokyo. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Yes. So you mentioned photo books earlier. You mentioned the Bruce Gilden one, but other than that. Do you have a favorite photo book? And which one would you recommend to listeners? Um, difficult question, to be honest, because I was uh, looking into a lot over the last uh, two to three years. But maybe to mention one which recently um, was um, something where I really liked and, and had... Uh, um, yeah, that, that's a book of Nina Welchling from uh, New York also, Duologs. Uh, it's a very interesting approach of combining two photos with each other and making another story out of that in terms of uh, bringing them on on both sides of the of the book, uh, left and right side, and really compare them with each other or let let them combine. They tell you a different story immediately. Uh, that's something I really like to mention, and uh, we just had recently here in Munich a very interesting exhibition of. Uh, Inge Morat, uh, for a former um, um, Austrian uh, photographer, and she was um, 
um, part of Magnum as well, uh, one of the first or the first uh, female uh, participant of Magnum. And that was something which really impressed me in her style of doing, she wouldn't call it probably street photography, but she was uh, doing photos, uh, traveling a lot and doing photos on the street, which I really liked. Uh, her style was, was uh, very interesting yeah, and uh, very good. And maybe the, the third one, um, which I only, also like and which is completely different to what I'm doing, but uh, it's a good uh, and, and recent um, comp yeah, compilation of different street photographers. It's Reclaim the Street from Matt Stewart, the, the newest book of, from him, uh, which I really liked also to get an overview on the global, what he called hotspots of street photography from New York to Tokyo to India to Italy and, and uh, uh, some more spots, which I really like because it gives you a good overview on um, different styles and different um, local um, uh, views and, and focus. Yeah. So these are probably the recent three ones which I um, from, from this year, which I really liked a lot and um, which I uh, had fun with uh, to look at them. Okay. If you could just send me that information so that when I upload this episode, I can include the book information in the show notes. So... Yeah, people can yeah. also view it as well. So I've been buying, buying, buying books, 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 lots of photo books. But I do want to know: Do you study any other books, photography-wise, that are literature-based? So not really uh, focused on the image, but kind of like writings. Mm, not really, to be honest. There are um, also. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm reading books, but not um, mm. um, these kind of books uh, or street photography or photography at all okay. is something which needs to um, needs to have pictures. I, I want to learn by looking on other pictures and other photos and seeing what other people have did. Um, but um, if there's some uh, text around, that's fine. But uh, I wouldn't. Uh, no, I'm not in in the books where I, I need to read too much. Um, because I just don't have the time for that. Yeah. All right. Okay. So other than workshops, have you gotten any photography-based education? Um, no, not at all. Um, I was doing this from my childhood on and, and learning by doing, to be honest. Um, uh, um, workshops uh, was the only thing where I really got uh, external yeah, input, so to say. Um, the rest is more about exchanging also with uh, others which are doing the same thing or different styles, doesn't matter, um, where you really can learn in conversations, uh, small things where, where people approaching uh, the same scene or the same street with uh, completely different views and you just exchange afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I also enjoy really the community here um, and exchanging with them uh, online or offline to see what other people are we're seeing in the same street or in the same city. Yeah. That's one thing. And certainly also a highlight maybe to mention this year, which I really appreciated was um, an exhibition, which I did uh, in my hometown here the first, uh, first time. Um, solo exhibition here, which uh, took me a lot of effort to prepare um, earlier this year. It was originally planned three years ago before COVID. Then we all know 
COVID came and it has had to be cancelled twice. So it took place uh, this year here in my hometown. And as I said, it's a small town. However, over um, three weekends, I had uh, more than a thousand visitors uh, which were interested in the photos. And this also gave me a lot of positive energy because um, they were on giving feedback. We were talking about um, photos or they shared the same interests. Um, they were looking on them. They had positive or maybe negative feedback. And uh, that was really, I was really enjoying that because, again, it brings you from the on- online world into the offline world. And you really get real true immediately standing in front of your own picture and seeing people talking about it or you get into a conversation with them. So that's something I was really enjoying um, um, earlier this year, uh, which was, from my perspective, a big success, uh, which I really enjoyed um, because I met so many beautiful people and, and nice people which I really were in a, in a good conversation um, where we had uh, good chats about this and that, photography and other things. So it, it was, again, the social element which I was really missing over these two years of uh, COVID. Yes. So we've mentioned COVID quite a few times, and I want to know now, during COVID, I know you mentioned your town is, is really small cities, really small, 70,000 people. How did it change your photography? And what I mean is, did you find yourself taking images of things, subjects, whatever it may be, that you typically didn't take before COVID? Hmm. Um, difficult. Um, I mean, during the COVID time where we had uh, um, uh, closed shops and uh, the, the street was empty and uh, the entire city was empty, that, of course, gave her an opportunity to work with really empty scenes yeah? and, and waiting on one human element or something. So it was really a completely different atmosphere. But if it changed my style, I'm, I'm not really sure, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't say so. Uh, it was just a different time, different opportunity to do um, photos, for instance, also in Munich, in, in crowded streets without being anyone there. Yeah? So it was a unique opportunity also to taking photos of crowded places. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, but after the, after the COVID crisis, I probably just got back to what I did before, but with this, let's call it hunger for social uh, interaction. Yeah, more. That's why I'm. That that was all growing also intensified during the COVID phase. Um, that I wanted to do the exhibition. I wanted to do some workshops. I wanted to get connected to other people here in the in the German street photography scene, and that was really something uh, I was working on to let the community grow and the network grow. Um, that was something which probably changed uh, through COVID. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And I asked because I also live on a very small island. And it's kind of like you, you walk around, you see everything. You, you kind of, you finish really quick. So before COVID, when I really got into street photography, like a lot of shooting every day, shooting, shooting, shooting in the streets, I was kind of trying to do 
the brand new cliche, I'm a street photographer kind of photos, people only, crosswalks, hats, things, mm. things like that. But as we went into COVID and all of those people that I was looking for kind of to start to disappear, I was left with trying to find interesting ways to take pictures of the empty streets. And it worked for me. I've seen some, I'm pretty sure people, lots of lots of photographers have COVID books, but I got one from Tokyo and I really, really enjoyed the images and how the photographer captured Tokyo during COVID because I was fortunate to have experienced the life, the city of Tokyo before COVID. I was lucky enough to experience the city transitioning into COVID. I was fortunate enough to experience the city during COVID, the transition out and then full out. So it's very eye-opening. It's very, it's hard to explain because that city is so large with so many people mm. and I've had this conversation with a few photographers, guests on the show before this episode, and people probably heard it, but it was such an experience to see Shibuya crossing empty, where you only had like three or four people crossing. Now, this is the the busiest crosswalk in the world. More people cross this at one time than most streets anywhere else. And just to see three or four people at any given moment, sometimes no people, it was it was a, quite an experience. And I was there for that, but I, I, I do mainly live in Okinawa. So when I wasn't traveling into Tokyo, I was here and Okinawa is kind of, you know, less populated, obviously less populated in Tokyo. It was kind of the same thing, but I really learned how to be patient with what I'm looking for and trying to find the beauty of street photography and things that are not human, you know, there's no human element in it. So I, I took that, I took that away from that whole time period. Yeah. Um, as I said, uh, I mean, I was doing that as well, uh, using the opportunity to shoot on a very, very busy street in Munich, which is the most busiest street in the city, um, very expensive shops, and uh, it's called Maximilianstraße. Usually very busy with a lot of cars, a lot of people uh, walking around. And on a, on a Sunday morning, not only because it's a Sunday where clothes are usually, uh, or shops are usually closed in Germany, but in this time, there was really literally no one on the street yeah? and it was uh, completely empty it was such a unique atmosphere uh, that uh, um, I needed to go there and really wanted to have the opportunity because that never happens probably before and hopefully never happens again yes. uh, that this street will be so empty yeah? uh, but um, uh, that it changes my view or my style of uh, doing photography uh, I can't tell that yeah? it's just a, it was it was an opportunity, a different situation, which I tried to make the best out of it. But uh, as we all probably, um, but uh, it, it didn't change too much what I'm doing. Okay, well, thank you for that. And 
now I kind of want to, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit everywhere with these questions. I'm trying to get this all out. <laughs> the guests don't know, but I've actually got two more episodes to record. It's useless information, but I, I don't want them to feel like I'm rushing you on purpose. But I want to get your social media accounts out there. So your Instagrams, Vero's, Twitters, Facebooks, whatever you use, websites that whatever you use that's yours and you like the listeners to go and view your work. Yeah. Um, the, so the most, uh, uh, the, the channel which I use most, uh, it's Instagram right now. It's um, silent.shutter underscore LA where you can find uh, myself or on my website. Um, and I put this into, in, or give it to you, uh, Rick, so you can probably share it to your audience. It's your chefanphotography.com, um, where I publish what I like in my photos and to really be shared with uh, with the public. You know? mm-hmm. So these are the most uh, um, dominant ones which I use. I'm not in Facebook. I can't deal with it. I'm not really interested into it. So I stick usually to Instagram and uh, promote the, the own website, which I um, try to keep updated and uh, publish photos from there. I do need to update my website as well with newer photos for the gallery. And I do want to thank Phil Penman for that as well, because I feel websites are kind of dying out. People, there was a time where websites was all people had to, to view you, but now there's so many different social medias out there and websites that host you. Yeah, social media. Anyways, I kind of felt websites were just a waste of time. And then Phil speaking to Phil Penman, he's like, nope, you need to do this. It's going to help you out. So I did. And I need to stay up with that. I need, yeah. Anyways. So websites are yeah, very important. I, I, would, I would confirm that. I would, I would confirm that, Rick, because the, the website is something for those people who are really willing to invest some more time into you, what you're doing and uh, into uh, looking into photos. A website is still the best medium, I guess, because, I mean, Instagram is such such a fast medium. You, you can't uh, stick on a photo or work on a photo for more than, I don't know, two seconds or three seconds. Uh, that's it. And then the next one will come. So if you really get... A certain percentage of uh, people going on your website and uh, looking into your photos, that's something which I still believe it's worth investing into. It. But it's a lot of work. Keep it updated, yes, keep it uh, in, a, in a nice manner and really working um, with the website um, in, a, in a professional way. Uh, that's something I always do only on the weekend again. Uh, and uh, this is uh, what I need to improve myself as well yeah um it's it's only where one need to invest more yeah yes time consuming <laughs> i do i do want to say i have a official like a street photography collective instagram account and i'm the only one that manages that and it is so difficult you know because the purpose behind that is to Find, select, and highlight other photographers in the like a street photography, photojournalism, documentary community. And I say this a lot to a lot of my friends now is when I started this, I was the only one putting tags. 
It's the only one using the tags. I created the tags. When I searched it, there was zero tags on there. Mm-hmm. The thing about it is, it is mine, but I don't post any of my own personal work on there. So it was really challenging. And for me to get started, I started asking friends for permission to use their images. And they agreed. I started pushing it. I started tagging a lot of the photos. Now I'm getting hundreds of messages a day from people that are tagging it. And it has blown up. It went from less than five photos to over a thousand photos now. And the challenging part is I want to select really strong images. So I try to avoid the cliche, cliche shots. Now, I'm not saying that they're not good, but I don't want to post, you know, very similar images from what people are taking. I'm looking for something original, kind of like the LFI, kind of, you know, you know, they select their master shots, whatever right. it is. And it's so challenging to go through all of these really, really great images just to select a few at a time. And highlight them. If I could, I would hire somebody and that's all they would. Which now I understand why people go that route. But yeah, it's it's such, it's it's really fun. I do appreciate and I'm thankful for everybody that does it, you know, use the tags. But yeah, I apologize if I'm a little slow, but you have to know like I'm I'm the only one doing it. So I need to be better at that, I will say. Uh, thanks for doing that because that all um, helps to let grow the community and really share uh, good pictures. But uh, I know what you're talking about. It's, it's a lot of work, yeah, and I, I bet. And uh, but thanks for doing that because, uh, yeah, that gives us all opportunity to um, connect to each other also. Yeah. yeah. That, that account actually has more followers than my personal account, which... You know, the following the followers isn't important to me anymore. I, I grew out of that a long time ago. Actually, I find myself not even worried about posting images on Instagram. I just use it to talk to other photographers and schedule podcasts now. Right. And sometimes I'm I'm like, oh man, I haven't posted in a while. Let me select some photos and, and start creating. But same thing. I don't want to post just my own work that I feel to me is mediocre. So I'm always looking to either if I need to create new images or I have to go through my archive and select a set. So it's very, it's very time consuming to be perfect. I want to give a perfect product to the community. No, very good. Um, I mean, uh, as I said, uh, thanks very much for doing so. And uh, I know this is time consuming and um, there are, um, it's a good medium also with the podcast, I guess, um, to really uh, get people connected and see what others are doing or listen to what others are doing. And I really appreciate um, this this work by a couple of people are doing that around the world. I mean, there are, there are others as well, and uh, it's really good to see the different approaches. Also a good medium for yeah listening to it in the car while commuting or whatever. And that's, um, that's always good. Yes. I'm not sure if it was you, but somebody told me <laughs> to use because I'm I'm also I'm also trying to run a YouTube channel, so that's my POVs. Somehow I'm trying to think of ways to try to incorporate 
maybe like some of my listeners who would submit like videos, but that would be so hard to do because they'd have to, you know, send me the, their, anyways, it's just ideas. It'd probably be impossible to do, but I was, you know, I'm always thinking of different ideas on how to, you know, engage the, the listeners, the supporters and highlight them more. So this is really mm-hmm. for you and myself and all the listeners out there to give you some good products. So I think I got all the social media talk out there for now. We'll talk more later on that. But if you could go back to day one when you realized you wanted to be a photographer, what advice would you give yourself? Uh, one thing is go out and shoot. Um, the more, the better um, in a continuous way. So not stopping, not um, doing a couple of weeks, nothing, and then getting back to it, but really continue the path uh, without any interruption. That would be something which I really would give myself as an advice because always if you stop for quite a while or doing other things or not focusing on it anymore, then um, you start again from a... Yeah, lower level again and uh, continue shooting. Yeah. And the other thing is probably to yeah, not be shy uh, approaching people or also going directly towards people and taking a photo um, without even they know it. But um, it's, it's something which took me a long time to, to do so because um, it was really um, uncomfortable situation in the beginning where it was my personal challenge to do so uh, but in the meanwhile um, and I could have shortened probably the <laughs> the uh, time um, to, to get to this point um, if I would have done it earlier um, and, and just try it out yeah try 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 and uh, whatever you like to do um, fail stand up and continue yeah, to do so um, that's probably the other thing and uh, yeah these would be the two advices. You need to get routine and experience, and by doing that, it's getting better. And not not focusing too much on any followers or Instagram accounts. As you said earlier, um, that that's something when you begin an account, you always look on a daily basis on what what's happening there and is it growing or not. But in the meanwhile, I don't care. Yeah, it's just having fun and getting better. Yeah. I used to be that guy. When I really got heavy into street photography, my beginning learning stages where I'd post a photo before I'd go to sleep. And the first thing I did when I wake up was to look at the likes. Mm-hmm. And I was always disappointed. Oh, I only got three likes. Ah, I suck. <laughs> and I still suck. But, you know, that was what I, and like I said, you know, getting over that was very difficult. But I wonder how many other people out there. The first thing they do is go and look for their Instagram likes. Get out the likes. Yeah. Stop. Well, you can't stop beat focusing. the algorithm anyway. Yeah. You can't. There's no way to beat <laughs> you, it. You can't. Yeah. No, you can't. And it should, you shouldn't be the slave of it. Uh, so um, that's why I'm not looking too much into it. I'm, I'm posting, I'm sharing, I'm getting connected with people. That, that's good. But uh, if it's growing or not, I, I can't influence it anyway. Yeah. And I try to do my best and, and what I like. And uh, that's it. Yeah. Having fun. Fun is what it's all about. All right. 
So now is a part of the podcast where I would like for you to highlight, recommend, recommend, recognized anybody, photographer, BMW car salesman, BMW mechanic, whoever it may be, highlight, recommend a person that you feel does not get the proper recognition they deserve. Who's not recognized yet, you mean? Or I would say probably people who other people don't know about. So like maybe your friends don't know who I am. You don't have to say me, but it could be anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, difficult to uh, think about it. Um, it's, it's probably a, 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 a nice colleague and friend uh, in, in Germany who's doing nice things, I, I guess, uh, from my perspective at least. And um, I could recommend him it's uh, Thomas Hackenberg. I don't know if you know him. He's doing nice stuff in a, in a layer um, layering um, way of uh, doing street photography. He's uh, living here in Germany as well. And um, he's a nice, uh, nice uh, person uh, doing really interesting, nice photos. And um, I will meet him in four weeks' time again. And uh, it's probably someone who I would recommend. He's got some good uh, positive resonance here from his photos on um, exhibitions. And uh, yeah, it's maybe worthwhile having a look into his account. Yeah, definitely. And I can share that with you later. Definitely, if you can. That would be greatly appreciated. And of course, that's the reason why I asked that question. Is and Up until now, I, I didn't know who he was. So... I'm pretty sure many yeah. of my listeners also did not, but now they will. So trying to build a community. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No problem. Perfect. Perfect. All right. And the last question I always ask is what does street photography mean to you? Um, it's more and more a passion. Uh, it's more and more, um, that's what I want to do. Uh, as I said in the beginning of the interview, uh, after my uh, career, after the uh, working life, so to say, I want to spend more time on that. And it really means a lot to me because it's in the first place a good reason to leave the house and um, go around to meet people, having coffee, having a good time. And it also gives me back uh, a lot of let's say, positive feedback um, from colleagues, friends, uh, people I didn't know yet, uh, which give me positive feedback on that. And really, yeah, let me have a good time and and uh, spend my time in a very positive um, um, yeah, mood and positive experience, so to say. And that's why it um, has got a lot to do with my life today um and we'll have in future as well i'm pretty sure and i will continue doing that nice. well thank you for that i do appreciate it and like i said that's the last question i ask however now i'd like to give you the opportunity to ask me any questions you may um no first of all thanks very much for having me on your show it was really uh, good fun talking to you and a good conversation from my perspective um I'm really looking forward to meeting you in person in Tokyo, um, not only because it's Tokyo, but also because we now had a good conversation and knowing people behind accounts or um, videos or whatever 
um, that's always something uh, which um, has got a positive effect. So really, thanks again for, uh, for your time and looking forward to meet you and having a great experience again in such a fascinating city like Tokyo. That's something which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Well, thank you. I also no look, forward specific it. <laughs> look forward to the whole time. It's going to be a great three days. And to all the listeners, put your name on the wait list. Hopefully you guys are lucky. But as of now, it's sold out. So got to be patient. Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. So we'll say dress warm. It may be a little cold. Might not be as cold as Germany. Maybe it will. But I don't know. I'm not too. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. There's no bad battle for taking photos, okay? Yeah, I can't do cold very well, but I'll manage. I've done it before. So I do want to compliment your T-shirt. I noticed it has your name on there, and that's super cool. Is that from the website right, yeah. where they do your name in calligraphy? Yep. Yeah. Um, available on the website, on the shop as well. Uh, a little bit of merchandising. There we go. <laughs> Starting into that. Okay. Go, go visit his website. The link is in the description. Support his images. And support the artists in general. Other than that, thank you to the listeners. Thank you to you, Jorg. I appreciate it. This was a great conversation. And I'm glad you guys made it to the end. It's Like a Street Photography Collective. Jorg Stefan. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs>